0: Welcome to the Compass Church Podcast with Pastor Tim Jacobs, the ministry of Compass Church, New Arizona. Join us now as we look into God's Word to be challenged and changed. In July 1961, several dozen of the Green Bay Packers had reconvened together for their first day of training camp. They had um, just come off several months before a devastating loss to the, um, the Philadelphia Eagles, which had cost them the NFL championship. They, um, they were expecting, as they reconvened for their first day of training camp, they were expecting to learn all of these sophisticated ways that they could get an edge and to be able to be taken to the next level and to be able to... Um, have all the cutting-edge athleticism taught to them to be able to, to get them that, that competitive advantage. And so to their surprise, those of you that know the story, know that what happened next was, was, um, was legendary in terms of its effect on the players because the great coach Vince Lombardi stood up in front of these men and with this little pigskin in his hand simply said these words, Gentlemen, this is is a football and that began the clean slate with which he chose to be able to train these guys how to play football again the fundamentals of blocking and tackling the 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 simple way of creating things and doing things simply and effectively and efficiently and to start over and they were first were kinda shocked like what are we doing here and they realized that he was taking them through the basics because the basics mean everything. And six months later, the Green Bay Packers would go on to win the NFL championship, crushing the New York Giants 37 to nothing. They were to go on to win another NFL championship the following year. But what's so profound about that story, if you know it, if you remember it, is because it speaks to the fact that you, know, you can have all of this these ideas and creativity and new spins on things. But if you forget the fundamentals of what you're setting out to do in the first place, if you forget what it means to win, if you forget what it means to accomplish the objective, then you've lost everything. You've lost everything. And so today, on our Vision Day 2016, I'd like to start out with a simple phrase in honor of Coach Lombardi, and just simply say, gentlemen and ladies, This is a church. This is a church. That's all it is. It's a simple, basic, fundamental, not fundamentalist. (laughs) Don't worry. He's like, what? Um, (laughs) No, (laughs) fundamental. In other words, basic church. And our church is called Compass Church. And the reason we're called Compass Church is because we believe that God has established us for one purpose and one purpose alone and it's in our byline, you see it every single week, you see it on our website, you see it right underneath our logo almost every time. Helping people find their way to God. What's the objective of Compass Church? Ladies and gentlemen, this is a church. What what are the fundamentals? How do we know we're winning? What do we do here? We are helping people find their way to God. The idea is that we could build, you know, the stuff we're building out here, and we could do all this other stuff and have all these Bible studies and all these teaching things that we're doing and all these events and service projects and blah 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 and kids things and all the stuff you saw in the video and we could do all of that stuff, but at the end of the day, if we're not helping people find their way to God, then we're like we're missing everything. We've totally lost. We're just staying busy. We're just acting like a church, and so the reason that this is so important for, especially for you, if you're a guest today, is because I don't want you to feel like you're being singled out or targeted at all. It's like all of us are on a journey of trying to understand who God is, and so the church exists primarily. Everything you're seeing is so we can say, how do we help people find their way to God? And if we know we're winning, if that objective is being met, so how do you know, Tim, that that's an important objective? Well, let's go back to what the scripture says. So you have Jesus in Matthew chapter 28. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. Matthew chapter 28, is like towards the back of the Bible in the New Testament, first book of the New Testament, last chapter of the book of Matthew. You can flip there on your little phone. Remember, all of the slides of today's message will be on slideshare.net forward slash compass church. And you can take that, you can download that, you can bring it with you to your connection groups and all that kind of stuff. But when you, but when we look at Matthew chapter 28, at the very end of the of the book, Jesus has been crucified. Friday, Sunday, he rises from the dead. Several weeks later, he gets all his guys together. He's about to ascend into heaven, be gone forever. And he grabs his guys, and he gives them a final little speech. And if you ever wondered why, Jesus just didn't tell everybody, hey, um, let's just all go together to heaven right now. The reason why he left, if you ever wonder why, why did Jesus leave and leave these guys on earth? Why did he have to go and bail on them? And the answer is, well, first of all, as we just sang a few minutes ago about the Holy Spirit, that there's a, there, there's a Holy Spirit, basically God living inside of us. So we have the power of God living inside us. But he left us with a very important mission. And the mission is outlined very simply in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And this is basically like the playbook that every church that will come after, every generation that comes after, if you want to know, like, what's this whole thing all about? Like, what are we trying to do? This is basically it in a nutshell. And so all of the sophistication and all of the cathedrals and traditions and holidays and controversies and arguments over this interpretation or that interpretation that has characterized church for generations, none of that really matters if we get this wrong, if we miss this. So this is what he says. Verse 18, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, I can do anything so you can be sure that, I'm, that you'll be able to do what I'm going to ask you to do because I'm going to help you. So I can do anything so what you're about to be asked to do, you can do because I will be there to help you. This is what he says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then, in case you didn't remember from the first part, he repeats it again. And surely I am with you always, To the very end of the age. So what is the entire objective of the Christian life? Because it wasn't just to the disciples. It was to everybody. The entire objective of the Christian life is to make disciples. That's it. Can you imagine if he had said, "Um, all authority in heaven has been given to me, therefore go and read your Bible every single day until you die. Now that would have been fine. That would have been fine, but that's not what he said. He could have said, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and protest outside the steps of the Capitol over things that you're upset about. He didn't say that. I mean, it had been fine, but he didn't say that. He said, now think about that. When we talk about this is a football, we talk about, okay, let's get back to the fundamentals, guys. We lost the game last time. Let's figure out how we're going to go and make disciples. Now, how does that clarify and how does that challenge the things that you might think are really important? In terms of what God wants you to accomplish. Hmm? That's good stuff. Go and make disciples. Now you saying, if you're new here, you might go on, what's a disciple? Um, that's a great question. A disciple, maybe if you're not new, a disciple is simply a follower. That's all it is. Not a follower of me, not a follower of you, but a follower of Jesus. So just as the disciples were followers of Jesus, he just said, go make more disciples followers of Jesus. Go make more followers of me. Go make more people who see me the way you see me, who understand my love the way you do, who hear the teaching the way that you've heard the teaching about about sin, about grace, about love, about God's plan, about, about, the, about hope, and all that kind of stuff, and about what you just saw happen with me, the resurrection. So what, you, what you've seen and what you've heard, go and help other people see it the way you see it. That's it. That's it. And so, and so, how do we know we're winning? Meaning, how do we know we're meeting the objective? Like, how do we know we're getting anywhere? You ever wonder that? Like, the great thing about sports is like, there's a big, it, there's a big game on today, right? Yeah, that's why a lot of you are here, right? You're like, I'm coming to 8.30, so I can like go prepare, right? So it's a big game on today. And the great thing about this game is, you know there's gonna be, a, at the end, there's gonna be a clear winner and a clear loser. Okay? Because the objective is set up. So like you know there's a score, except, except soccer. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> dude, my son plays high school soccer. They played on Friday. I sit there, and I, get, I showed up late because I'm like, dude, it's 80 minutes. I ain't doing 80 minutes of like basically having them run suicides with a ball. Okay, no offense, but I don't get it, right? I, I mean, I know, guys, if you get soccer, like, it's, it's amazingly ama- like, awesome to watch. Me, I'm just going, uh. You know what I mean? Like they run, like you are gonna kick it. And no, that's uh, so how the whole game is. Like it's uh, uh, just disappointment. So like we're winning one to nothing, right? And everything's great. I'm like three minutes. There's no way, right? We we've won. If you three minutes in soccer, you know, it's like there's no way. And of course they kick the goal, and now it's one to one. And you get to the end, and it's a tie. And I'm going 80 minutes to leave the way we started. You know what I mean? <laughs> we started with a tie. Well, we we accomplished nothing here, right? So except for soccer, most sports, it's like, okay, we know where we are at the end. And it was so funny because we were leaving the game, and he's walking, and he's like, Dad, he goes, we tied. I like, go, oh, I know, son, it's terrible. He goes, I wish we would have lost. Because at least when you lose, you can feel like, I can feel bad. You know, he's like, yeah, I don't know. I can't feel really good, and I can't feel really bad. I don't know what to feel. We tied, you know? It's like, anyway. Um, so that's moving on from that. The, 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 I don't want to dog soccer too much because I know like a lot of you guys are like I love soccer, you know, the getting the little vuvuzela things, you know. Um, so there's some of you out there that dig that stuff. I don't get it, but anyway, the point is we know there's an objective. Now, and with church, a lot of times, it's like, oh, what are we trying to do here? Are we just trying to get bigger? Are we just trying to get more so the pastor can have more power? No, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make disciples. So we know we're winning if we are making disciples. That's it. We know we're winning if we're making disciples because we're doing what Jesus asks us to do. It's so simple. And so, if we're helping people find their way to God, is how we state that. That's how we, that's the spin we put on that phrase. So, how does it go? Well, if you look at our annual report, which you all should have gotten in your little thing, I think it looks pretty good except for the goofy guy in the front. Um, but you can see some things like it's pretty cool. We had 84 junior high and high school students here every week. I said about 90-ish, but from the last six months, not, not, not all year 2015, we just counted from July because we changed our fiscal year and that doesn't really matter. But just from the July to December, we had 84 on average every single week. Not just total, but every single week, 84 and growing. We had 175 children birthed up to fourth grade here on campus every single week. So we're talking about kids. Kids are being discipled. Kids are being, are being taught who Jesus is, they're being taught how to, how to treat each other, um, they're being taught how to honor and obey their parents, they're being taught that, that even if their dad runs out of them uh, out of their family, that, that, that there's a heavenly father who loves them and all that great stuff we had almost 60 people come to our Life360 class for the first time we had 194 people visit our church for the very first time, it was pretty cool um, we had 15 people, a lot of times it's hard to get people to check off that they came to know Jesus because they don't want to like, you know, but we had 15 people say that, we want to get a lot more But in terms of people that are coming and people that are getting baptized and everything else, we're seeing um, God working in our church. These are the things that really matter to us. And if you look around, you see there's so much more that we're preparing for. We we broke out these little closets just this week on Friday. They broke those out so we have a little more room. um, and, And we can fill this place to the walls is our plan. We've got a, um, a brand new room right over here for fifth and sixth grade kids that's going to be club 56 on this side of this wall that room is for fifth and sixth grade kids twice as big as what we have now for them that big room right there on the other side of that wall that you can see from the outside that's where our high school students are going to be our high school pastor is fired up he's like Tim I can't wait for this. They just did this really cool. Um, they made this floor on um, they, nice. They just did it on Friday, so it's really cool. Like this black floor they put down, and it looks beautiful and amazing. And and it is the, there's like brick and garage doors, and it just looks really cool. On, on on this wall right over here, on the other side of that wall is a children's room with these really cool, um, big giant circle like LED lights that hang down. And like someone was saying, man, if you're a little kid, you walk in this room and you're like whoa, this place is cool. And it's just fun, you know? It's like, we're doing all of this, not just because we like building stuff, because believe me, <laughs> construction, if you've been involved in construction, you want to like rip your face off sometimes. But, but we're doing it because we want to prepare and continue to provide a place where we can fulfill the mission that Jesus gave us, to make disciples, to see people get baptized, to teach them everything else, and to, and to, and to have people gather here for this. And so it's so exciting because this is our church this is what we're doing now how do we know we're winning we're winning if we make disciples but how do we know if we're making disciples well he breaks it down he says go and make disciples and then it kind of gives us idea of what that looks like so so you're as you're making disciples you're, you're baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit and you're teaching them so there's like two things happening so you're baptizing people who are coming to know jesus for the first time and you're teaching them to obey so that's like the whole thing so what is baptism anyway baptism is something if you're again if you're kind of new you're like what's baptism Um, baptism is something where it's a symbol of a commitment to jesus you're like hey you know what i believe this i believe that there's a god who loves me and so what happens is i want to show everyone that that's the decision that i made and so you get in the water and it's a beautiful symbolism because it symbolizes the fact that my old life of like pain and sin and evil and just bad stuff and regret and shame and all that stuff that we sang about earlier all that's gone, and then they come up, and you're, 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 uh, you, have, you come up with a new life. Just the way Jesus rose from the dead, you are raised to new life, and it's a beautiful picture, and that's what, that's what we do. We practice that, because Jesus says, I want you to do this so people can see this is the transformation that's happening in people's lives, and so, so how do we know we're winning? Well, it was so amazing. Since July, we've seen 51 people get baptized here, 51, and that is so cool, because because many of these people you came, if you were here in August, you saw them get baptized here. And, and how like one by one it was like we had this spontaneous baptism where people were just coming up. And we bought these like cheap Walmart swimsuits for them to put on. And they did. It's crazy. Um, and uh, it, it was just awesome to see this. But, but finally he says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. And so we know we're winning if there are people looking more like Jesus. Because they're learning more from Jesus. Jesus. See, we aren't here just to get more members. We honestly want people to to be able to look around and say there's people here who remind them of Jesus, who remind them of love, who remind them of hope. What does that mean? Well, you know, more than anything else, it means to let Jesus's love rule your life. You know, and I'll talk about this a little bit further, but when I think about walking with Jesus, I don't mean just going to church. I mean like when he says, forgive those who persecute you. When he says to um, love your enemies, I think about, you know, people, Christians jump the gun. and It's like, well, you know, let's forgive the terrorists, and let's forgive the school shooter, and let's forgive. Okay, unless unless you like, were actually terrorized, or unless— you, you, um, you know, your kid was shot by a school shooter. I don't really know, like, why you need to forgive. Like, I, they haven't done anything personally to you, so it's really easy to forgive. Like, you can say, we need to forgive the terrorists that, you know, for 9-11. Well, unless you lost someone, you know, what I mean like, I don't know. Like, that's really easy to do, so it's kind of a cop-out. If you want to forgive someone, forgive your ex. Ooh, oh, well, I can't do that. He's a jerk. No, I know, but that's who Jesus was talking about. Forgive your father who wasn't there. Can't do that. That's that yeah, but that's where the real work is, right? So you're gonna forgive someone. So you don't start looking like Jesus, you're gonna start forgiving, so you start forgiving. You're gonna forgive the person who's really deeply, deeply just cut into your life. And they still rule you today because their words and their actions and their non-actions whatever they didn't do that you desperately needed them to, and to this day you hold hatred against them. They're ruling your life. And Jesus says, no, no, don't let that guy rule your life. Don't let her rule your life. Let me rule your life. That's all I'm asking you to do. So when you forgive, you remove their rule, (laughs) and you place the rule of Jesus in its place. And that brings you freshness, that brings you joy, that brings you love, that brings you peace. Because another human being no longer has this power over you. Their actions cannot truly destroy you. That's what this is talking about. I want people in this church who are doing that. That's a little, high. That's a little harder, isn't it? Stuff like that. Um, letting his love rule your life means you can't help but choose joy in hard circumstances. Because you know that Jesus said our Father takes care of us. Just like He says, hey, look at the birds. Do the birds like, wonder where their food's coming from? They're like, I'm just going to find food. I'll find it somewhere. They don't care because your father feeds them. And if your father feeds the birds and then you worry, aren't you more valuable than the birds? Sorry that um, if you're like animal rights, like hardcore animal rights person, like the Bible teaches that people are way more important than animals. And so, um, this, this does, sorry. But, but so you're way more important than a little bird. I learned that in traffic school too because um, I went. <laughs> no. He said, he goes, you just got to decide right now. If you're driving down the road and there's a squirrel, you just got to decide right now. You're going to plow that thing. Because if you try to swerve, you're going to kill yourself. I was like, preach it. (laughs) I would include cats. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Come on. Gosh. Anyway. So, yeah, you learn in traffic school, you know. Anyway, um, so the point is... (laughs) Why are you worried about stuff? You want to look like Jesus? Stop stressing out over everything that you can't control. These are the kinds of people that we're trying to build here at Compass Church. Now as I say that, being a follower does not mean you're going to be perfect. I got a question for you. This is going to blow your mind. When did the disciples When did the disciples become Christians? That's a good question. Think about that. When did the disciples of Jesus become Christians? In other words, when did they realize that Jesus Christ Was God and their Savior took away their sin. When did they realize that? Because I'm going to blow your mind, especially those of you who have been sitting in church for a long time. When did the disciples become Christians? Because Peter denied Jesus three times, and the other guys all left the cross. And look at the verse that it says right before, right before the Great Commission, the great objective verse that we just read. If you go one verse before, Look what it says in verse 16. It says, Now the eleven disciples, because Judas is out of the picture now. There used to be twelve, and then, you know, we know that story. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Have you ever seen that before? You ever seen that? They, wait, 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 you mean he got crucified, he rose from the dead, he's like, look at me, and they worshipped him, and not like the disciples, like the outer ring, like all the follower, you know, um, dudes, like the hundreds of thousands, no, the 11, not even counting Judas, he's out of the picture, 11, and they were, and some doubted, and yet they're still called disciples. That should blow your mind. That should blow your mind. Because it means that some of these guys who were the closest to Jesus still struggled in here. They still struggled in here. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that the church has room and should make room for people Who say, I want to be a disciple, but I'm struggling. I don't have it all together. I'm not. I'm not perfect. I don't. Don't put me up as the as the poster child for this thing. I. I, But I. But I want to be included. Please. Do we have room here for that? So, um, last few months I've I've been. I've been like lifting weights in my garage a little bit and. You know, beaten back father time in my 40s, and so I have this little, um, you know, barbell and stuff, and I downloaded this guy's weight training program because, uh, and he's, his name is Travis Mash, and um, he's like this championship like power lifter guy. He can squat like a thousand pounds or whatever, and, and like I have no um, illusions that I'll be able to accomplish such a thing. But he's kind of like, he's like right around my age. And he's like, hey, you guys are getting older, man. We can help you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so he, I downloaded his little thing. And, and so I've been following his little plan. You know, and I was, I mean, every day I've been going out there and I've been doing stuff with my barbell. And, uh, and it's, it's really cool. And so I would call myself a, a disciple of travis mash i'm like i'm, I'm a follower of his like I, I read his stuff he tells me to go out and squat this and deadlift that and you know do this kind of thing and that kind of thing and i say, so, okay you told me what to do i'm going to obey your your teaching right so i'm becoming a disciple i'm becoming a follower of him in terms of how i'm doing this and so i was feeling pretty good about myself and then i was listening to this these podcasts that they put out you know and so i'm driving in my car i'm listening to their podcasts and they're talking about stuff and and there's a group of them and, they're, and you, I'm listening to them talk, and they're like, yeah, you know, there's these guys, they come in here, you know, and they're like, you know, I look at them, and they're like, man, this guy, he can't even, he can't even deadlift 350 pounds, he struggles to do that, and they're like, ha ha,' ha and the other guy's like, ha ha,' ha. and I'm driving, I'm like, ha,', ha uh. you know what I mean? I'm like, uh, well, that's kind of like, and I heard that, and I'm going, okay, that's, that's, I'm included in that, and so I kind of felt kind of crappy about that, to be honest with you, because I'm listening to these guys that are totally at a totally different level than I'll ever be, and I had this thought like, why would I ever even try to even try to follow a program like this when I hear these guys talking, and they're, they're talking in, in these, about these things that are so far beyond where I'll ever be in my life, and it hit me that I think that's how maybe some people feel about Christianity when they come to church, and they hear church people talking, And they're talking about, can you believe some people struggle with this? And can you believe that guy? And ha ha ha. ha." And they're over here going, ha ha, ha." yeah, that's me. I still have that stuff in my life. I still I still struggle. Sometimes I, I even doubt. Sometimes I have the little addictions that flare up. And maybe that's you, and you're like, you know what? Like how I feel with this whole thing with like weightlifting, you know what? I may be in the back of the pack but I, I want i just want to go along for the ride you know what i mean like i'll be in the back of the pack i'll be fine to be in the back and maybe sometimes you feel like like with um, your christian life you know what i just will you please just count me god will you count me I'll, I'll bring up the rear you know and the question is does compass church will compass church continue to make room for people like that because i'm here to tell you as a pastor of this place and the guy who's been a Christian longer than most of you, to be honest with you, even though I'm, you know, some of you are like, well, I'm way older than you. Yeah, but i am a Christian for a long time. Like, I grew up in church. My uncles were pastors, and I mean, I, I grew up, I like, I came, I came through the whole system, okay, and I've seen everything. And I can tell you that as far as I'm concerned, this church must and will always make room for people who go, I don't have it all together, but, but I, I believe and he's my only hope he's my only hope he's my only hope I'll be in the back if that's you you have a place here because the issue is not being perfect I see disciples who are called disciples and they doubt it what in the world is with that and yet 11 out of the 12 of them became martyrs later on so the point is we're human beings guys we're human beings but are you are you taking a step are you taking a step are you, t- what, Tim, what's your vision for Compass Church? I want people who just want to follow. Who just want to follow. Because we have a big job to do. You know, I went to this thing yesterday over at Palm Valley Church, and they had this like a whole bunch of churches got together and other organizations, and it's for the um, All Faiths Food Bank. You know, they feed all kinds of people. Maybe some of you have been a recipient of that at one time or another. So they're talking about the problem of hunger. And and they did a great job. You know, they they were highlighting different stories of people who had been benefited from their services. And so they had like a, you know, um, they had a lady get up and they had a young man get up. And they had different people get up and talk. And the one, there was, they were all kind of different stories they had. And they showed a video. And yet, the common denominator in all of the stories of people who were struggling with hunger, the common denominator was this. There was a father who was absent from the home. And it was almost like an afterthought. Well, here's my story, and I ended up here, and blah, 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 and then, and then dad left, and then my husband walked out. And I'm going, whoa, Now I get it, we gotta feed people and everything else, and we've done, a, we've done food drives here, and the great thing about it is you, know, you don't just ship it to some place where you don't know the people. I mean, you know, we're actually, when we do food drives here, we're doing it to help feed people in our local community. Some of you maybe have even been a part of that, and everybody runs into hard times. But I'm telling you, I was listening going, we got a problem, and the problem isn't that we don't have enough food. <laughs> The problem is that we have, we have a fatherhood problem. We have a manhood problem. We have a fidelity problem. So I say all this stuff, and at the same time I'm going, guys, I have a vision that, that we follow, and there's even those of us that go, man, I'm still struggling, I'm still struggling, I get it, but will you please join me in helping us make this community a place where we can put fathers back in the home, where we can, where we can do like what, what, what our executive pastor Dave did and, and, and bring in two kids from the foster system, and and double the size of his family, and if you're called to that, that more people would do that kind of thing, that we would actually be able to see, because the love of Christ compels us. You see, if it's dog-eat-dog, if it's survival of the fittest, if it's, you know, one and done, we do this this earth, and then we're gone, then you know what? I ain't doing anything for anybody, because I I really don't care. I just don't care. But if I'm compelled by the love of Jesus, because I realize my own need, and I realize there's something called eternity, and that human beings have value, it's like, holy cow, we got to do something about this, because we're here to bring glory to God. And so, what I'm trying to say is, guys, I I dream of a church, not of just like bigger buildings and more cool stuff or whatever, but I dream of a church that compels people to live the way God created them to live. And part of that, as I'm watching this hunger thing, as I'm going, we need men in the home standing up and doing what they're supposed to do. It is not a heroic thing to just pursue your own career and make a name for yourself. It's a heroic thing to wake up in the morning, day after day after day, unsung, unnoticed, underappreciated, but doing your job. That's heroic. And no one talks about that. I saw a Heineken commercial last night. It was wonderful. It was the best beer commercial I've ever seen in my life. It was these women... And they were all, they were singing that song. Um, I'm not going to sing it, but I need a hero. It, came, it was like in the, I can't remember what movie it was. Um, but anyway, old song. And they're all and they're and you can see they're all walking away from guys who are like plastered. You know they can't move and they're taking their keys and they're riding the bus and they're all singing together and they're getting cabs. And then finally at the end, there's a guy who's got a who's got a beer and uh, he's got one and the bartender lady she goes to give him another one. And he goes nah, and he walks away and she's like. And then it says, Heineken, moderate drinkers wanted. And I thought, wow, that was cool. I support that. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go get a, you know, a six-pack of Heineken um, for that. <laughs> <laughs> so cool I can just say that stuff. Um, you know why I love that? Because what it's really saying is, not, it's not saying moderate drinkers wanted. It's saying men who do what they're supposed to do wanted. Men who are strong and can be dependent upon wanted. That's what we want. That's what we want. Okay, man. Like, I just love talking to you guys about this stuff because it's just so true. Now, um, okay, I got off track a little bit. So, how do we make disciples? It's very simple. Now, listen. I got to give you a little bit of 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 heavy stuff that you're not going to hear a lot of other places. When it says therefore go all your life if you've been in church here therefore go make disciples and you think okay that means i have to go somewhere okay i have to like go to africa or i have to go there and i've got to you know go out no okay in the in the original language it doesn't really mean therefore go it actually means it actually is supposed to come off with the idea of as you go what that means is wherever you go whatever you're doing whatever you wherever you find yourself with a uniform on, as a police officer, as a teacher, as a business owner, as a stay-at-home mom, wherever you find yourself is where God has placed you. So in that place, make disciples huge clarification, because a lot of people are like, yeah, go. That's not, I'm not gonna go anywhere. I've already, you know, here I am. I'm not gonna go. I got, I got a wife and kids and blah, blah, blah. I'm not gonna go anywhere. You don't need to go anywhere, because it says as you go, as you leave here, as you go off to do your thing, you make disciples there. You just make that happen. Now, so a couple of little business items, and then I'm gonna, we're gonna close. So, because um, I want to make sure I get past this. So, you know this, if you're a, if you're a member here, we have this little thing here in your, in your bulletin, so once a year we ask you to approve our budget, and you got to do that. When the offering comes by, pop that thing in the bag, and um, you can either say yes or, or no. Um, if you say no, you know, sorry. Um, but hopefully you say yes, and, and you've had a chance to look at it and everything else. Okay, it's just we've changed our fiscal year from July 30th or, or I'm sorry, uh, July 1st to January, so we've just moved it up six months. So we have it follows the calendar year, that's all. So we're just asking you to do that and approve our budget because that's part of our bylaws, okay? So if you're not a member, if you're a visitor, just don't worry about that. Just you know, make a paper airplane out of it. Um, if you've been here and you're going, okay, I wanna help, I wanna be a part of this. Um, this is an opportunity for you. We showed this to you last week. So there's two sides to this card. One is interested, one is current. So we wanna know if, you're, if, you, didn't feel, if you already filled this out last week, then just go, you know, I'm good. But if you didn't, then you can look at this and fill your information out. If you're currently serving somewhere, okay, then go ahead and you can check that off so we know. We, don't, when we, we try to figure out, but sometimes people slip through the cracks, so tell us, because that'll help us. And then if you're interested and you're going, I don't serve anywhere, but I'd like to, then check off where you'd like to serve, because that's a part of helping us make disciples. That's a part of helping us move forward. It's a part of the very simple objective. The very simple objective of making disciples. And what does that look like? Baptizing. And 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 teaching them to obey. Okay, that's it. That's what we have. The other card in the in the program. And um, so take those two things. So to wrap to to bring this all around, I really hope that. That we continue to be a church. Can I tell you something? Whenever I encounter God again, like I think I know a lot about God sometimes because I've been doing this for a while, and I go, I think I know a lot about God, and then I read something or I hit with something in the Scripture. You know, you know where I always get corrected. I always get corrected towards God's grace. You know what I mean? Like I don't get corrected towards God's, I mean, I believe that God judges, and we have, we've talked about that and everything else, and believe me, you know, I'll talk about that in a moment, but, but I don't, I get, I get corrected towards the, I go, I didn't, when I say I don't realize something, I usually don't realize the heart of God, the grace of God, the love of God, and how much God's love even surpasses the love of my own children that I have for my own children. I'm always checked by that. I'm always like, whoa. And I, I, so I tend, the needle for me tends to move back into like, yeah, God loves us, but you know, we gotta get busy and we gotta get moving. You know what I mean? And that's where I, my, my default is the human system. And, when I, and when, I, when I discover God again, I'm always blown away by his compassion and his mercy. That being said, do you know how fragile this life is? Do you know how fragile this life is? Do you know, this may sound like the the most inane statement in the world, but I'm going to say it anyway. Do you know you're going to spend far more time in eternity than you will here? Did you know that? You will spend far more time in eternity than you will here. Let that sink in. Like, consider that. you gotta live your life with that in mind. Because we, we talk about love, God's love. But there is a place called heaven and there is a place called hell. There are people who are going to heaven and there are people who are going to hell. Well, that's not fair. Okay, well, I didn't make the rules. I didn't say what heaven is. Heaven is a place completely consumed by God and God's glory. And if someone spends their entire life running away from God now, why would they want to be in a place full of God's glory for all of eternity? you ever consider that? The only appropriate place for them is a place where God is not even present. It's not a happy place. You, you and I just need to back off of all of our busyness for a minute and just, just take in the reality that we have people in our lives that we love. If they don't know him, they will spend eternity apart from him. That's what we teach. That's a sobering thought. That's a prioritizing thought. And there's a part of that that's gotta drive us and drive us and drive us because it drove Jesus. Because without the cross, that's where all of us would be. Let's just let that settle. God, thank you that somehow um, you use us. Somehow we have this beautiful relationship with you, where the disciples, on the day of the Ascension, some of them still were wondering, like, "Man, what am I doing here? What is this? what, what, What is this?" And you have room for people who don't have it all together but who are still saying, I want to follow, I want to follow, I want to follow. God, may our church be a place where we, just, we love people the way you love them and the way that you love us. And we never forget where we came from, so many of us who've been here for a while and the life we were rescued from. God, thank you for what's going to happen in 2016. Thank you for what you're doing here. And thank you for these men and women that you've called to be a part of the vision. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Why not ask God to change your life so you can go and change your world for him? To find out more about our church online, go to www.cobaschurch.info. And we'll see you next time.